This is Neon Radio, episode 136, with artist James Goldcrown. Welcome to Neon Radio. I'm your host, Nick Onkin, fashion and lifestyle photographer for today's top brands, performers, and game changers. On this podcast, we explore the body, mind, and soul of the creative entrepreneur, bringing you inspiring guests to help take your creativity, business, and life to the next level. Hello, hello, fellow Neonites. We're back for another show, and today we have a returning guest. His name is James Goldcrown. I'll tell you about him in just a second. A couple of things to note. We actually just redesigned the Neon Life site, so go check it out, neonlife.com. That's N-I-O-N-L-I-F-E.com. And also, if you're not subscribed to the mailing list, go over to neonlife.com slash quiz. Take our 10-question quiz, and we'll actually prescribe you some content to help you out in your creative journey. So go over and do that. We want to help you out as much as possible. We also just released a special collection of crystal necklaces in collaboration with Made in Earth. And this is something I personally designed and created. And there's different stones with different meanings. There's moonstone and labradorite and rose quartz, clear quartz, Uh, tourmalated quartz, and each one has a different meaning, and the whole idea is to wear them and get that meaning embodied into your life with where you're at. A lot of exciting things happening with Neon this year, and would love for you to be involved. Okay, so next up, we have James Goldcrown. He is a previous guest. We had him on, God, it was a couple years ago. It is episode 30, so you can head back over to neonlife.com slash ep30 neonradio.com slash ep30 to check out the previous episode if you don't know who james is he is a brilliant artist and he's been creating this thing called the love wall if you live in la or you've been to la or new york his murals are everywhere and there are hearts uh, in different colors you'll recognize it if you see it you can head over to his Instagram. It's at jgoldcrown, and you can get an idea of his art. It's beautiful. It's fun. And we got to talk a lot about the journey that he's had since the last time we talked, where he created the Love Wall and how he's turned it into a brand, and it's become world-known, and it's everywhere. He's done collaborations with Tom's Shoes and Sephora and recently Rag and Bone. So we talk about how he's parlayed the murals and used the murals as a way to get it out in social media, but then also to create a presence for the brand and collaborate with other brands to create a bigger reach. So really fascinating stuff and something I've been interested in myself lately as well with some of the projects that I'm working on. So great insights from him. So again, guys, I want to thank you so much for listening to Neon Radio. It means a lot to me, and we'd love for you to join the conversation. You can head over to neonlife.com slash community and meet other artists and collaborate and join the conversation. So with that, I hope you enjoy this episode with Mr. James Goldcrown. What is up, everyone? We have a returning guest on Neon Radio here. His name is James Goldcrown. Very excited to have you on again. Welcome. Woo! Woo woo. So if you, well, if you don't know James, he is an amazing artist. He does the Bleeding Hearts, which if you're in LA, New York, where I don't know where else you, probably all over the world now at this point. Yeah. uh, Japan, Brazil, a lot of America, and I am going to Australia soon, London, France. So yeah. Killing the game. Taking it over. I love it. I love it. So we had James on episode 30, if you want to go back and hear Mm -hmm. his backstory. So I want to kind of continue the story because he's blown up uh, even more since, since that last episode. So let's get a little recap of where you've been since the last yeah so i think last time we were in new york and now we're in la so true we've uh gone across the the country a little bit to do this but i was so i had a studio in soho in uh new york 
on Mott Street. And I think kind of like shortly after we did that podcast, I then was offered to do a mural. Um, but it was only going to take part in the February of the next year. So I had to wait. So I had a bit of time to decide what to do. And um, in that short space of time, I think when we'd met, it was June, July, something where it was summertime, yeah. right? And then um, I got asked to do this mural around October, but being told I could only do it in February. So they booked me and they said I could do what I want. And um, it was on Kenmore and Mott as a pizza place called Lasso, which sadly now has passed away. But the wall still remains for various artists come and do murals. And it's become a very uh, touristy attraction, I guess, for people to take selfies or whatnot. And um, I didn't really have a understanding of the power of social media or what I was putting myself into or put what I was putting out there. And I think, um, yeah, so at the time I... Um, didn't really know what I was going to do. And a lot of my friends were like, you should do the hearts. It's like Valentine's Day, do the hearts. And I was like, nah, it's a bit too obvious. So being difficult and <laughs> not being able to take orders very well. I just wanted to rebel. And then it came to the February and I was like, oh God, what do I do? What do I do? And I'd never like painted in the streets before a mural legally. <laughs> so um, I was like, it was a very new experience for me as well. Uh, not being chased by the police this time. <laughs> and I basically was like, yeah, I'm going to do the hearts. Fuck it. So I did the hearts. And um, within three days, it was like becoming a big thing on Instagram. I was like seeing myself tagged and whatnot. And then I think a nice lady called Ev Eva Chen from Facebook, she posted something and then it just went out of control. And I feel like at that time she had like half a million followers, which now isn't apparently that much, but... Yeah, it's, it's a good proportion of the country, like of LA, um, and yeah. So it just kind of changed my life from that moment on. And then suddenly, um, from being an artist who was like struggling, well, you know, I'd I would started my career on the streets in New York, selling on the streets in Soho, and then suddenly, just like it spiraled around, I would suddenly be getting all these people contacting me. And I think yeah. I was actually subconsciously one of the first artists to actually leave their Instagram handle on a painting in the street, on a mural. And that's what was really the kind of business part of me was doing. And um, yeah, my Instagram just suddenly started to kind of blow up a little bit with people reaching out to me about work. Yeah. And I think the first big thing was Tom's I came out to LA. And then the rest has just been kind of history. And it's just been, so it's funny, it's just like, I don't know what to say. It's been quite a journey, but um, the power of Instagram. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would love. I want to unpack a little bit of this. Yeah. How did you? How did you get that first legal mural? The one in the lasso one. Yeah. The, well, the one that you uh, you did the hearts on for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. No. That. So they approached me. And my studio was like not too far away. Uh, one of the guys who organized the wall, created it, um, the creator. He came into my studio and just said, hey, do you want to do a mural? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, all right, cool. But um, like I said, he mentioned that there was no availability till February. Mm. And I had a bit of time to think about it. And um, that's how it got going. And then it became like one of these things where I started to understand more about the the laws of it, I guess, and just like the relativity and just like you learn the more you do things, right? And yeah. then I just realized I need to get a lot of murals out. So I just started like hustling and using my old street techniques and going into places and just saying, hey, would you like a mural on your wall? Showing them what I did. And I always found it was always good at the beginning. You don't ask for anything. It's just like you offer and then yeah. you put in the work and things come to you. And that's how it really went. And um, the next thing I knew, I was just going, being invited around the country to do these um not realizing i came to la to do one and now i live here so <laughs> i mean yeah so when you're going now this is interesting because you know you said you're going basically door to door and asking people if they want a mural on their wall is this in new york and what i mean are you sure yeah it was in new york primarily um and then i didn't yeah i think new york primarily definitely i did a whole load of them willingly so i'm 
so that's how it started. Then I came out to LA. Things were a little bit different when I came out to LA. There was more recognition, but I didn't have any murals in LA. So it was um, really to get started out here again. You know, people knew who I were, but I had to kind of like do a bit of pro bono work. Um, mm. And that's what that's, yeah. And then it just started off like that. And now my work's a little more featured here. And it's a bit easier to kind of get permission, but there's a lot of the time I'll still do and, you know, I'll see a wall I really want and I'll just like go and find out how to get a mural. I fixate on it and I'm like, I need that wall. I need that wall. <laughs> and um, I get it done. So, yeah. Yeah. And when you're, you know, when you're going to these different places, say back in New York, when you, you're, I guess when it wasn't as noticed. Yeah. What were you, sh what were you showing? A portfolio or your Instagram? No, just Instagram. I stopped, oh, okay. I, I kind of, don't believe in business cards now anymore either. I don't, I don't think you need them. I think, you know, your Instagram really holds everything if you're using it for that purpose. Um, save the trees. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I just don't think you do. I don't think you even really need a website anymore. I feel like you, yeah. Instagram's so practical now. It's just like you can contact just everyone. You can DM. It's, it is its own, like, office, you know. Oh, and you can just take it with you. So I feel you just represent and present it correctly yeah and everything else will come and it's you know it's one of these things i'm very lucky that i found to do something which has a very simple message but reaches to so many people and i'm just very lucky that it got received so yeah you know that's what it comes down to do you have any advice for people how to utilize their instagram as as this tool <laughs> I, I could take some advice <laughs> um i'm not great with instagram but um i I, don't, I would just say just use it for what you need and don't I don't know yeah just use it for what you need and I, I really just use it for the brand now and um, I post things every now and then sometimes I'll rant I mean if you've followed me before or you follow me you'll see I have quite <laughs> a strong political thing going on which I've been told to shush a little bit and I don't know but <laughs> I, I, I've got an opinion but um, I would say just like Use it for yourself, be yourself and just do what you believe. And then if people pick it up and people want to follow you, then they will. And I think, yeah, just be yourself. Love that. Yeah. yeah. So now when you said you moved out here, you were doing pro bono work. What does that look like? Well, I mean, I was doing a lot of charity stuff. Mm. Um, I did a lot of just walls just for like to get my work noticed. But I, I like to work with charities. Every, I like to work with a handful of charities a year, different charities, because I think giving to different foundations is very important um just because there's so much that needs to be sorted and fixed so i try not to stick to the same thing too much i like to kind of help different pockets but things that i firmly believe in and um i'm very now into helping homeless people children women men um just people that really are seriously out there mm -hmm. and just have nothing and um i think we just uh, forget that um what we're what surrounds us and i think going back to social media it's kind of a love-hate thing for me because there's so much bullshit on it like so many people we were talking about this earlier that yeah. have all these millions of followers and they just don't they just post very they just post themselves and there's no they're not really doing anything for anything and i just beg people to start posting a little bit more content or just things like if you have 10 million followers post something relevant and just something that like helps like and then go back to yourself afterwards <laughs> like just one post a month at least and i don't know some of these girls girls what are you doing come on <laughs> put, put some clothes on yeah <laughs> I, I make the world a better place make the world a better place indeed <laughs> absolutely but, absolutely no i think uh, social media has been definitely a strong way of getting your getting your work out there and yeah and it's it's right now it's the best way i think i think right now it's the most direct way isn't it it's yeah. like i mean it's instant instant gram you know um it's like the whole i i you just see how things really work it's like pop idol someone's not known within a second on that saturday night they're like nationally known uh throughout the country there's the world even depending you know if it's america if it's a different country they're not necessarily but it's like Instagram has that same 
that same thing like if so like you know i'm very lucky that people posted my work it wasn't me that made it famous it was people that made it famous mm. so it's not it wasn't it wasn't my power that did that it was the power of the people so i put something it's like anything you do you put something out there it's how people receive it in the universe and how they want to push it for you and it's the same with music it's the same with films it's the same with everything it's like it takes off or it doesn't. There's a lot of things that flop. There's a lot of artists out there who are much more skilled than I am that deserve recognition, who are phenomenal painters. And I mean, I can paint and I paint a lot of other stuff. Mm. Don't get me wrong, but I know what I'm doing is this is a brand and it's um, it's something that like has a responsibility now because it reaches out to people. Mm. So it's about really keeping that real and keeping it true. And I do other stuff, just to mention and um but this is like um this is my baby and this is my brand it's very exciting and i feel very yeah it, it's what you can do with it and how you can help people with it and i think I get a lot of shit from people who just like it's just a heart it's just a heart and i just say to you why didn't you do it <laughs> absolutely 100 <laughs> percent. stop giving me shit <laughs> <laughs> i'm just trying to be good i'm just trying to help yeah trying to make the world a better place i love leave that leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> leave, leave me alone <laughs> People, people love to hate though. They know? do. And it's, you know, I get it. And um, without that, you're not going to have, I get, you can't have everyone liking what you do. And that's fair enough. Yeah. But, but the yeah. thing is, is your work speaks to so many people, right? Art is what resonates. It doesn't. And when it resonates with people. It that's, does, yeah. And it doesn't need a lot. I, I really look at it like it's a, like football, like soccer. You know, it's a, it's a very universal language. It doesn't need, it doesn't need like, it doesn't need vocabulary to explain it it's like it is what it is and it has different you know i've I've had so many different reactions from it whether it's um a divorce a, a death um a newborn a marriage so it's all these people see something in it and um it has a very strong emotional um infection on people you know and and even the people that hate me it's bothering that it has they're not realizing but I'm tapping into you too <laughs> maybe they just can't see the love in their hearts maybe i mean <laughs> that's why they bleed right the, exactly. the bleeding heart exactly when did you realize or kind of start formulating this as a brand i think well i've been very lucky so i've had a, some of the really you know some really good companies like i've worked with a lot of very high profile people i've met some really cool creative people and i think it was like after tom's I started to realize that there's a brand in it and I just started to realize that it's like, so how can I explain this? So like for me, the love wall, the bleeding hearts is almost like it's the celebrity, right? So, you know, you have to be careful how you put the celebrity into the world. Like you don't want to oversaturate the celebrity. Mm. So you want to kind of bring it in, take it out. So I used to get very anxious if a mural of mine was painted over in New York I was like, oh my God, like I need more. I need like people need to see it. But I realized it's a good thing because people miss it and you don't want it there all the time because then people get bored of it, right? Yeah. So it's about consistency and it's about in and out. It's about disappearing a little bit like an actor. Like say, we'll just hypothetically speaking, use Leonardo DiCaprio, a very, a very talented actor. And he has a lot of other things going on, but it's the same formula is about doing a film not doing a film for five years and then coming back and doing a film. But it's like, you will always want to see the actor. So it's like you do seven films at once mm. and then, you know, you're good. So it's, it has the same kind of formula, same as music, the same as everything. It is the celebrity. Mm. And it's just about how you recreate it, reinvent it. Sometimes you even bring back the original look and it's like denim just doesn't die you know it's like it's never everyone's like what next what next and there will be new things but this won't i feel personally this will never leave it will always be there because it just I, there's so much more to do with it it's like i don't even feel like i've started really yet i haven't even been to europe with it yet you know so wow. it, I, it's um so the branding is gonna continue and it's really about picking the right formulas that help um highlight what i'm representing with it so I will obviously get a lot of, because um, a lot of women react to it. So I get a lot of beauty. Where I work with like Maybelline right now. I've got some stuff coming out with Sephora. Um, there's 
thing next year in the summer with Elizabeth Arden. We're doing some stuff out there in New York, which is going to go global. Maybelline's going to be global. Sephora's UK. Um, Sephora is Canada and America, but it's like very important for me to have these brands that I work with make it very clear that they're working with the love wall. So the love wall will always have its name on the packaging mm. and that's what gives it the identity and keeps it alive. So I've had a few brands that haven't wanted to do that and I've had to turn them down because they will then, the love will lose its identity. It won't, it will be that brand. Right. So it has, it has, it's not a narcissistic thing. It's just keeping the brand its brand. Yeah. So that's important. And it's a business thing, you know? Yeah. That's crazy. I never even thought about it like that. Yeah. That's so cool. So you're, you're doing apart from Jay Goldcrown, yeah. it's it's morphing into love wall yes but i'm trying you know trying to bring a face to it a little bit now because i think that is important so people can relate to it mm-hmm. um so i'm doing a lot of <laughs> it's really funny <laughs> i don't know how but i'm doing a lot a little bit of modeling lately for some brands <laughs> they're, tr- they're trusting my face on packaging and whatnot and i'm doing a few things with some clothing labels coming out soon with rag and bone um i'm very excited to work with them um they're very really some a brand i believe in as well very strong message that they're putting out and we're doing a very good charitable uh aspect as well so that's something coming out which i'm very excited for keep you all posted on that so like j gold crown love wall two different elements as well so Yeah. yeah And I guess if you ever come out with anything else, you can keep that as its own separate brand. As exactly, I think now it's becoming a little easier for me to kind of like start bringing out new things because getting that recognition. I think once you've got that, then you can start being a little bit more kind of adventurous, and people be like, "Oh, he's doing that." You know, it's a bit like the whole Banksy thing and stuff like that. And um, yeah, so I think um, there's some exciting times to come. Very excited to go to Asia. I'm going to be going out to Japan with the whole Maybelline thing. And I mean, I can't wait. I've never been out there. And oh. I, feel, I feel like there's a whole, like, just as a country, there's just so much to do out there as oh, well. It's insane. They're one of my biggest, like, markets. Yeah. Know? So it's, to go out there will be very exciting. Yeah. I, and people always ask me what my favorite country that I've ever been to. And that's, like, always such a hard thing. But yeah. Japan is one of those countries where I'm like, I've been twice or three times and I would yeah. go multiple times. It's just You have so to tell cool. me where to go because I've never been, obviously. And, um, I don't know what it is just lately. I've just got this calling to go there and then all this has happened and being asked to go out there and do some work for hotels out there. So I'm very excited to get involved and yeah. Yeah. And I love Japanese food. So Japanese food is amazing. I love food. You got to go get the omakase sushi. <laughs> oh, you'll, you'll tell me where to go. <laughs> Absolutely. You'll tell me. Absolutely. So when now let's jump back a little bit. When you got, was Tom's your first brand collaboration or did you have anything before that? I think Tom's was the first one. How did you, how did you trying to remember? I think, yeah. I guess they, they came yeah, to was. you. Yeah, no, Tom's right? was the first one. It was absolutely the first one. And, it was so I just done the mural in New York. This no, this was a crazy story. So this is a true story, everyone. So I'm at Art Basel, um, and in Miami, and I'm sitting at a bar with my friend Richard, and we're just like having tacos at this bar, and these two girls are sat next to us, and we're just bantering, and it's like um, it's a beautiful evening, and we're all just chatting, and we just start talking to these girls, and they're like, "What are you doing here?" And I was just like, oh, I'm an artist. I have a show out here. And they're like, oh, what kind of art do you do? And I was like, oh, just different stuff. I wasn't really, I just did, I did the mural in New York already. Actually, did I? I don't know if I did. Yeah, I must have. I did the mural. Oh, this was a, it was like, yeah, I did the mural. Sorry, I'm just like backtracking. I'm just trying to remember this. If I, I must have done the mural. Anyway, yeah, so I did the mural. So this was, I did the mural in February. It was December now. And um, I hadn't worked with any brands. So February, I was, get only, I was getting commissions. I would think I was getting like proposals for things. My emails were starting to blow up and I was having anxiety attacks because from being <laughs> the guy that would reach out to everyone, suddenly I was getting bombarded with emails and I didn't know how to handle it. So I was in Miami. It'd been a few months since the mural had been and this girl and I were talking and she was like, so what kind of stuff do you do? And I was like, oh, I just like this and that. And then she was like, oh, cool. And somehow it came up that I did the love walls and she was like, oh my God. And I was like, what? She goes, oh my God. She goes, okay, so 
I work with Tom's and we, we've been trying to find out how to get in touch with you. Like I've been proposing you to design a shoe. And I was no like, way. really? She goes, yeah. She goes, are you lying? She goes, are you actually like the guy? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> she goes, this is like, this has to happen. Like she goes, this is, there's a reason why we met. And you know, throughout my life, I've met a lot of people that talk shit. So you don't, I learn to condition myself very well and not be disappointed. So I don't think anything is really ever going to be until it's a B you know, until it happens. So I just always, I'm like, yeah, you know, cool. And um, we exchanged information, took my email, we hung out, we, you know, we, she was very cool. They were very cool people. And then I think I left back to New York a few days later. And then I just, I kind of forgot about it a little bit, but sure enough in my inbox, she messaged me and she got the ball rolling really quickly and they flew me out to LA within like, so what it was, December, December, January, February. They flew me out in January or February, I forget now. But it was one of those two months and they flew me out. I was in the headquarters of Tom's, which was like overwhelming. I was like, what the hell? You yeah. know, this was like a, it was like my first like, whoa, like, and you're with like, I was with like the head creative team of Tom's. These guys were like, he's here, he's here. And I was like, shut up. Like, what do we, <laughs> <laughs> like like I'm like some celebrity they were like ce celebrating me and I was like guys you're Tom's just calm down like I you're I was like you're here I'm like I'm here so it was like very I was very overwhelmed and very honored just to be like so um respected and just re just received I guess you know yeah and that was it and then like I got I just was very I took everything like with knowledge I was working with people who were like study to do what they do they're like the top of their game you know they're like running companies and i realized that i wanted to like work with people like this a lot more yeah <laughs> so i just really enjoyed learning from them and i've learned so much from all these brands about how to get things done and how to take you know i've you become more confident with practice i think yeah. that's what it is so i learned to work with these brands and now i just feel very comfortable working with them and we're all just people at the end of the day. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's what I think we need to really remember. And going back to your point about Instagram, what to post on it, just be, I really do advise that just be yourself. If you're yourself, people can't floor you. They can either like you or not. But I mean, yeah. if you're yourself, you're yourself. And just have a bit of a purpose, Instagram ladies, with 10 million <laughs> followers. <laughs> just, um, I don't know, just, yeah, just like have a bit of a mission. But Again, it really does go back to the fact that for artists out there who are struggling right now, find a voice, find something that you don't be too complicated. Um, just know what you what you represent and um, just try and focus so that you have a recognition. And once you're recognized, I feel like it gives you a bit more freedom to go into different pockets of ideas that you want to do. So that's my little word of advice. But um, it's not easy. I've, you know, those... I've only been where I'm at right now for like the last three years, three and a half years. And I was broke, you know, I was like struggling really badly back in the day. Like I, I'd, I lived on many couches. I've eaten many pot noodles and I've... <laughs> that ramen <laughs> life. Yeah, man. I've, I've had many garage station sandwiches. I lived like... I lived out of sandwich like gas stations for you know I've been there and you just got to focus on what you do not look around you at what's going on and just like think about where you need to be yeah and the second you start giving in to what's going on around you you become a part of what is around you and you become you lose you you lose your vision and your mind and your your focus you know yeah. so stay strong and keep keep focused 100% yeah I mean I've noticed myself even like with Instagram lately it's like the consumption of it and Ridic comparing yourself with other people it just like it's so it, wrapped up in it. It, it you do and it and it can cause people anxiety like you know I know there's other artists out there that have a very similar thing to what I do and I get attacked by some of these people and they're like you know I was doing this before you and it's like okay like what do you want me to do like were you like you don't you only know me now because I'm like because I'm on Instagram and people post my work. You know, you don't know anything about who I am. Like do a bit of research and like, stop being a bitch. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, it's not my fault. Like, what do you want from me? Like maybe because I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing it, you're the one Sorry. doing it. Yeah. 
I'm you're sorry. You're the one creating it. And, and I think that's the thing is, <sighs> is, as an artist, you just have to do it, right? Yes, you do. And you just need to get it done. And it's a lot of talkers out there. And I used to be that way when I was younger as well. And I think I learned something as well. I think I might have mentioned this to you in the first podcast we did. It's like, I do this thing where I put pressure on myself where I'll, I'll, I'll literally tell five people I'm going to do something. And that way I'll make sure I do it because I don't want to look like an idiot. So I'll tell someone that I'm going to get that mural. I'm going to do that just as an example. And I'll tell five people that it's happening and I haven't even spoken to the person to give me permission to do it yet. So I've already put myself in this like kind of paralyzed position that I've got to like make it happen. But it really, for me, that is how I fuel myself and my energy is um, I kind of, I promise myself by telling people I'm doing it and that way I get it done. It's It's a good technique for me. Might not work for everyone, but for me, I work very well under pressure. So yeah. for me, it's uh, I'm a very last minute man, but I will get it done. I will get it done. Keep yourself accountable. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned you when you were at working with Tom's, you learned a lot from them about getting things done. What kind of things did you learn? Deadlines. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just learned like how to get product done as well. I learned a lot about how things get made, like shoes. I learned yeah. a lot about how things get rendered, how you get um, design onto product. I learned a lot with Rag & Bone as well. Just I've worked with them previously. I've worked with suitcase brands. I've worked with makeups. I've worked with so many different brands and I've learned different techniques about how to get things done. And I've learned also, which has been really great for me, is I've learned to see how my things look on products. So for me, it's just been a really amazing journey just to see how what works you know and and i've learned a lot about business so i worked with a suitcase company for a little while and i felt that we could have done a lot more we didn't they didn't we didn't have product we we had they had an idea to make things so that we made it to order which wasn't good because there was nothing on the shelf and now i'm working with another brand and it's like i went into the meeting telling them how we have to do it not in in an obnoxious way but I, I learned so much from the previous thing, that how, it, how not to do it. Yeah. So I just learned how to do things. And I think a lot of people see when something doesn't work, they see it as a failure, but I actually see it as a really good way to solve a problem. So I went, I'm now about to work with another brand. I, I don't think I'm allowed to say who they are yet, but um, I went in and I knew exactly how to make this work. And what was really overwhelming for me is I'm sitting in a room with people that have like, gone to school to learn how to do strategy and marketing and all these things and I'm just like some hustler of like from London who used to like I, I left school when I was 16 you know and I so I'm telling these people how to brand and they're like yeah and I'm like and it's not hard it's just logic <laughs> yeah. so and but I just I going back to what we were talking about in the street earlier you and me when we were having a walk I just love business I love the business side of things as well and I get really I get a buzz out of it so when I'm sitting in a room and and I'm talking to people and we're like having a meeting, I take it seriously and I really enjoy it. And I just feel very honored to be a part of this, this whole journey that they're yeah. doing. And just the fact, the fact, the fact that they even think about to use my brand, you know, it's like amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, That's amazing. it's cool. How did you learn, you know, when you, when Tom, say like when Tom's came to you, how did you learn how to navigate that and broker that deal? I mean, monetarily negotiate that. Um, that's a great question. It's really something that comes again from working with various different brands. I think what it is, is like when I worked with Tom's, there wasn't the demand I have right now. So I didn't really understand the value of the brand. So I didn't really, I just was very honored to get a a deal with him. So now obviously it's very different. I have, it's, it's, there's way more going on right now. And, um, I think what it is, is when you have a demand, it's really interesting. Art's such a weird business. I mean, I don't even understand how it gets valued. It's just, it's so illogical to me sometimes how we price things. It's like one of the only industries where I find you just tell someone a price and they're just like, okay. (laughs) And you're just like, did I just really do that? So it's very interesting to me, but with the brands, it works where normally what I've realized with brands is that you know, when I've worked with L'Oreal and Maybelline, everyone thinks because it's L'Oreal and Maybelline, 
they have millions and thousands of billions of dollars and they do as an overall company but every brand has different faculties every different faculty has a different like project that they're working on so they all have different budgets for what they're doing so just find out what their budget is <laughs> and that's what I do I'm just like what have you got <laughs> what have we got here so but then it got to a little bit of a different point where I could be a bit more demanding because I understood that different brands would want to work with me so it became more like well if I'm working with Maybelline and you want exclusivity like you have to pay for that right because I'm going to get like five different offers from different people yeah and you have to cover their costs because I'm losing money yeah and that's what it really came down to so it's about understanding the time it's about time time yeah. is money and it's it's a true saying money is time time is money but I try and be good with it I try and give to charities as well so there's it's not all like greed and I try and keep myself very centered in that respect and I know that I'm very lucky because I know how hard it is in this industry to be successful and because I have been very unsuccessful for the majority <laughs> of my life right um, well I don't think I've been unsuccessful I've just been I've been young and I think I grew up yeah I think I took it a bit more seriously and I enjoyed my life and now I'm here and it's all about for me this is a perfect time to be in this situation well, yeah, and I think now it's, you know, you've created such a strong aesthetic and brand that it, it does attract people. Yeah. And then now you can, now it's even bigger and bigger. And all you have to do is now you just have to evolve and try to totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just, uh, I'm very lucky. So thank you. And to all those people out there that take credit for what, I mean, it's a heart firstly, guys, come on. <laughs> no one, no one invented the heart because... Technically, we all have them. So, <laughs> I just I just want to say, everyone, calm down. Calm, just calm down. Calm down. <laughs> I love. You that. know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so good. So now, what's the you know what is the plans for the future look like? What are, where do you see this going? What's your what's your so, big vision? Great questions. I have so many things I want to do right now. I want to help people. I want to give back definitely to society, and just I want to go few ideas to work with um some journalistic kind of documentary ideas of going to countries that have been devastated by poverty by just things going on and i really want to kind of you know I, I have to say i think what banksy and jr do very inspiring people and artists mm. who really give back and really like have a message and i want to kind of go a bit more political and i feel now i've got a bit more of a platform to be able to be accepted to do that Mm -hmm. so I feel like I, I have a bit more of a kind of um, a voice in the industry where I, I, I could probably you know be accepted like they'd be like yeah that would be cool so I would like to go to Syria I'd like to go to different places that we have really have really been affected and put myself in a bit of a danger zone and um, do murals in these places and get some really powerful images but see how people react to it um, I, I, like I said earlier like working with homeless shelters I find in LA there's a huge problem out here and there is in the world. But what's really interesting is that, you know, in this country, there's just like for what this country represents, we treat people awfully. You know, you go to Africa, true story is like there's not really that many homeless people in Africa because the way they deal with poverty is they build townships. So they take people off the streets. We probably have, there are more homeless people in America than there are in Africa. No kidding. So that's what's really interesting is that we do, I want to help people bring back human like human beings like you walk past people every day and you know I just think for me it's so important if a homeless person says something to me like do you have change even if I don't I just want to give them recognition of a human being and just respond to them and say sorry I don't or just talk to them and sometimes mm -hmm. even when I say I don't they're so happy that I just acknowledge them and that to them is just so much so I want to do this thing, which I've realized where homeless people in this country, they have like day centers for them, but they don't have anywhere in the evening. So I want to kind of try and work with a few different people um, who have a bit of power as well, create these like safe zones for people where they can feel, come shower, sleep and build a program where we try and rehabilitate them yeah. and we give them job offers. So they have like a month or two months to kind of get themselves into shape and mentally prepared for it and then we try and find them like jobs and then we slowly get them paid and then we can get them into apartments and just like rebuild their lives 
a lot of young kids out there who are just like just you know left home in bits of in situations so i just i want to kind of do stuff like that that's where i want to go with it i want to use it for like more kind of uh powerful things and um yeah that's that's really where i want to go that's like a very personal thing that i want to do so yeah. and then you obviously you know still still work with brands and still do these things that i'm doing but use it for a more positive outlook as well yeah yeah that's amazing yeah amazing where do you see the the art evolving to in what respect just you know oh, colors I, and well i i mean like when we're doing a lot of neon stuff right now i would like to be the first non-american artist to be in the whitney museum Ooh. so that's my mission and that's i'm telling you i should probably tell everyone that i have artwork going into the whitney so then that way i'll make it happen it's happening so i'll be in there in five years guys um but that's like i just like to do kind of stuff pushed boundaries yeah. just try and do things i mean there's no reason why we can't and the only people that are obst our obstacles are ourselves so i think once we move ourselves out the mm. way we've got everything in front of us and no excuses that's what i think no well. excuses now if, if you were what do you think your obstacle was or could have been that you pushed away on your the beginning of your journey to get here i was just lazy and i was just like i had no discipline i like to have too much fun and <laughs> i think i just needed to calm down a little bit and i think i've always had the ability i just didn't have the i didn't have the maturity and i think i always knew that and i, I just wasn't ready it wasn't my it, it wasn't my time then i would yeah. have i would have messed it up so i think everything for a reason i really do believe that and i think that's why it was now not then yeah it's interesting how the personal journey really is something that aligns with where you're at in your creative journey yeah absolutely that when the time is right the time is right yeah i think you know i i see a lot of people i have a lot of friends and they get very frustrated about where they are in their lives and they're not doing anything or they're stressed because they're trying so hard and it's the second you stop trying is when everything happens and it, it's the same with everything when you all these people out there looking for love, the second you stop looking for it, you find it. And it's the same, it's, it's just the formula. It's like people, people see desperation, it, it oozes. It, it's like, I've been there. It's like, it's the neediness no one wants to be around. And the second you can be comfortable with who you are and what you are, then everything else just falls into place. Mm. And I think it's really important that, it's hard though sometimes, because I don't think people actually see that they are like that at times, you know? It's just like, it's it's just sometimes you just do it. You can't help it. You're just that person. And yeah. I've definitely been there. I, I remember when I used to get anxiety if I couldn't get into like the bar where the, the, the party was for the the shows and this and that. And I had to be, and I would just be like this. And now I just couldn't give a shit. I just want to like chill. I just like, <laughs> I just want to like, like my people are like, what do you do in your spare time? I bet you draw. I'm like, no, I literally go on the couch, watch TV, watch the worst TV possible and just like become stupid. And I yeah. just, I don't want to like intellect. I just watch the Food Network. I like watch just like fat, greasy food, yeah. Iron Chef. Like I watch just awful TV, like a show. Anyone from England would know The Only Way is Essex. I love that show. It's <laughs> awful, but it's so good. Yeah. And I just love to watch people. I just love that. I don't watch the Kardashians or anything like that, <laughs> but I love cartoons as well. So I just like to, cartoons are, for me are an amazing way to escape from reality. Yeah. I just think they're the most wonderful things. Yeah. So. So what does now, people ask me this all the time, like what's a, what's a typical day? What's your, what's a typical day look like for you? But I think, what does a typical week look like for you? <sighs> It's overwhelming sometimes and sometimes, you know what, to be honest with you, I'm very lucky. I've said this a few times, but I manage things very well. And my fiance always tells me, I always tell her, actually, I work smart. So I think it's very important to as busy as you can be is to just remember that we're and I hate to be morbid right now, but we are all going to die one day and we need to like just enjoy our lives. So 
I think we need to take a day. Everyone needs a, a me day, like an, a you day where you just do your own thing, everything yeah. that you want to do and just enjoy your life and just remember why you're here. And I, so my typical week is I work, I get everything done, but I will one day, doesn't matter what it is, how much is going on, I will just go in and chill and do what I want to do and just like remember that why I'm alive, like why I want to be alive and just like, yeah. you know, if I, if I, I want to like do fun things, like I want to get on a plane one day and just go to Portland and just eat <laughs> and then fly back in the evening and just like, cause I can. And just because like we all can, like if we, if we put our minds to it yeah. and I want to like, just enjoy the world, man. Like there's so much to see. Yeah. And I just think it's important to, you work hard, you play hard. Mm-hmm. I think so my weeks my weeks vary um but i try and manage it so i don't stress myself out i'm a night owl i think it's very important to see the daytime and i moved to la for the weather so i want to be involved in that <laughs> so i try and enjoy the day actually sometimes i start my day my my work day sometimes will start at five in the afternoon wow so i'll enjoy my day i'll gallivant around like a a young lady of luxury and <laughs> Oh, then just chill and work in the evening till three in the morning. Oh, and, wow. and But I like that and I'm allowed to do that. I've got that luxury where I can do that. Yeah. And my fiance works so much harder than me. She's a lawyer. So figure that out. Very interesting dynamic. But I mean, you know, I see people that work so, so hard and I'm like, stop, just put it down, put just close the lap, like literally in front of laptops, in front of computers, just typing away and they're taking it so seriously and they're so serious and they've got a serious face. I'm like, what are you doing it for? Just like chill. Yeah. And they take themselves so seriously and fair enough. Like we're all modeled differently, right? We yeah. all have our different intrinsic values, but I just think it's so important just to remember the reality of the journey of life. And I think, um, I just like to watch people. Sometimes. I just like to, I love walking. So I live in LA. People think I'm homeless sometimes because I walk everywhere. <laughs> and like, there must have been situations where I've started walking and the, the car has driven past me and they're driving back from lunch and I'm still walking and they're like, fucking hell, that dude's mental. But I, I just love walking. I, it's a therapy for me. It's my meditation. Yeah, so I, love that. I just think people need to be more in touch with themselves and with what's going on around them. And I, I think... You know, going back to the the conversation earlier, I think we're just so caught up with what's on our phones now. And it's, I know we all know this, but we're just not doing anything about it. We're becoming worse. Like even Gabrielle and I will be in bed and we're just on our phones and we're not even talking. We're just like on our phones. Like I'm fucking playing Candy Crush in bed. I'm like, what am I doing? She's scrolling on Instagram. (laughs) And and, I'm just so distracted. It's just, there's so many distractions. And I think I do this thing now when we, we go for dinner, I leave my phone at home. And I and I don't want to be distracted and I just engage more. And it's like, we used to do this. We used to, you yeah. know. It takes so much more effort to, I mean, I notice myself, I'm on the I'm on my phone yeah. so much. And I just read this book, uh, Deep Work by Cal, Cal Newport. And it talks about the whole idea of how social media and just your phone in general takes away from your actual attention to and focus of the, the subject. project that you're working on. It's, it's insane. Oh, just the socialness. Like I, you know, I'm a victim of it. I'm a, not even a victim. I'm, I've, I do it all the time. Like I've been at dinner and I'm on my phone and my, I look up and my friend's just like, dude. And I'm like, sorry, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Like that. And then, and then I catch myself and I know I'm doing it and I go, sorry, sorry. And and I'm saying, sorry, I'm trying to get the last word text in. (laughs) And then I'm like, send. And then I'm like, right, I'm all yours. And then like my phone goes off and I go, I've got to reply. And he's like, come on. I'm like, all right, sorry, sorry. (laughs) So I think it's just put your phone away when you eat. Yeah. Or when you do something, just give people your time. And um, there's a, you know, there's a whole generation of kids now that didn't grow up the way we did. So that's all they know. Yeah. So they're on their bloody phones nonstop. And um, (laughs) they're all sitting at the table texting each other. (laughs) I mean, literally. But think about like just how interesting it is because when we were at school as well, like when kids would get bullied, there was like, you would do it directly. And now there's a whole culture of like cyber bullying. Like yeah. just imagine you're on your phone on a school bus and some kids just like, it's so cruel. Like yeah. you could tell, you could build this thing up where this kid's like being invited to go to someone's house and he has this moment where he thinks he's being accepted and then he turns up and it's just like this whole fraud thing and it's just so mean and just like 
kids do that these yeah. days and it's just you don't think about that because we didn't grow up with that kind of technology mm-hmm. like to be able to do that but it, it's it's horrible and um there's just so many uses for it like it's used in so many like negative and positive ways it's so it's so controversial i just i don't know if it like i find myself saying it's good and it's bad and it's bad and it's good there's so there's many purposes for it yeah but um yeah it's It's like how much time are we taking away from our time of creating oh big time yeah so much well one thing i totally wanted to ask you about is you just did the latest kaigo album cover which is exciting how did that come about what's the story so miles kaigo's manager dm'd me on instagram and that was actually it and wow i have to be honest i knew his me i'm i just want to say that i'm very bad with people's names um so my kids are gonna get i'm not even probably remember my kids names took like for the first three years but i didn't know who kaigo was i, I genuinely didn't know who he was but i knew his music mm-hmm. I'd, I'd heard his tune so i obviously did a bit of research and um it was just one of those things and it was like really fun and and I got to design the whole cover. I painted the two kids, we did the hearts, we did I did I learned I became amazing at painting grass in a field. Like if you see it, <laughs> we got the grass going on and I, I would do I think Miles and Kai ago we were like talking about it and I they had I painted like seven fields. I, I must have done seven wow. fields and it was the first original one that we went with. And um <laughs> But I mean, I've got a portfolio now of fields and, and sunsets. I can kill it. I'm it's phenomenal. Your brand is I fields. mean, it's fields and sunsets. Fields. I can kill it. I'm like amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so we did that. And then going back to the point about, you know, the pop idol instant um, stardom, it was like literally, so it was just featured. It was just overwhelming to see in one day, just the album all around the world. Like my art was suddenly featured. It was like the pop idol. It's like the celebrity got his like, <laughs> The heart got his moment, like the love all got his moment. Yeah. And he got to be in like Sweden, like Japan, like all over, like on billboards, da da da. And everyone's hitting me up and people are like, Kaiko stolen your brand. I was like, No, I that was I did that. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were like, What, you painted the kids too? It's like, Yeah, I can paint. Like everyone thinks <laughs> I go, I can <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I can paint. <laughs> So it was just really funny. And I've still got people going, yeah, Kaigo's like, you should check out Kaigo's album. I don't know if you're going to approve it. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'll check it out. I'm just like, now I'm just like, yeah, I'll, I'll look into it. <laughs> That's so funny. But I mean, they, it was a phenomenal journey and the guys believed in me and I, I'm very honored again, going back to the whole thing. And um, we have become like, you know, we, we chat every now and then. I haven't, I've still not met him yet. And I think we're going to meet in Miami in awesome. December. And um, we've got some more. St- I feel like we have more projects coming up. And um, that was just a great experience as well. Because, you know, completely different from like the brands, like, you know, working with artists, an artist with an artist. And it was just really cool. And it's going to be just really exciting to see him on tour when he comes to the Barclays Center. I'm going to yeah. go out to New York. And just to see like my work at that scale, like it was in Times Square and just to see it like at, on that scale, like on a billboard, it's just like kind of like really cool. Yeah. You know, I was just 100%. like, even though I was like a bit giddy. I was like, Ooh, that's so cool. No, it's always a good feeling. Yeah. To see your work up on billboards. It was so. pretty cool. It was pretty cool. That's and so cool. I mean, it, that was just like a great, a great experience to do that. So yeah. Yeah. Amazing. They did some animations too with the kids. And the they did, I think. Stuff, I yeah, I think I didn't do that. Um, so, but they did. I don't know. They did that. They have. They they bought the rights to do it. So, but they made it look cool. And you know, they. Yeah. Miles said, "Watch what's going to happen," and he promised me it was going to be great, and it really is. The tour, yeah. they, their tour hasn't even started yet, so there's much more to come. And um, it's just really exciting to be a part of things like that that really get so much exposure and in certain senses really kind of form the world like the way that we operate like you know we don't think about it but we're really kind of told what to do like what to wear Mm -hmm. and to be a part of that whole kind of like music law like what to listen to yeah it's kind of cool to like be a part of that to be a part of the the whole (laughs) it's like culture creation yeah the culture we'll call it that yeah (laughs) 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 
Yeah, exactly. But it, it's a, I'm just overwhelmed sometimes. With, I have moments, don't get me wrong, where I just like stop and I'm just like, fuck, man, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, this is real. Like, this is, I have to pinch myself and be like, all right, and carry on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, it's, it's amazing. I'm very happy. I'm a very happy person. Ah, well, congratulations. That's so cool. I'm so Thank excited you. for you. I appreciate it, Nick. A couple quick questions here. Are you, I don't know if you're much of a reader, but what are your top three book recommends? Okay, so I'm not a big reader, which is not a good thing. Uh, Gabriel is a huge reader. Um, I, I, this is really funny because this is a true fact. We actually read, the average person actually reads more now than they did 10 years ago because of texting. Mm. So I used to read more back in the day. So there's a book called Between the Lines by Ben Richards, and it's a fictional book. Mm. So I find myself very drawn to fiction, but that has relative statements that I can relate to. So this book was taking place in London, and it, there were like landmarks I could relate to. So I had like a, it made my imagination, I could create a visual for yeah. it. Like I, it wasn't, but that was a really good book. There's no real, per, it's like one of those kind of like films that you watch and it like, it just ends but like it makes you, it's like a feel good kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I really like Ben Richards is a really good author and I need to read more. I really do know that. I can't really say that I have a top three to my head, but even like Fantastic Mr. Fox by Roald Dahl, like just a legendary book as well. Yeah. I think he was a very interesting human being and had a lot of political messages in a lot of his uh, his books as well. And, and it's one of my favorites actually, to be honest. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's bad. Like I'm a very <laughs> ADD person. I don't, I get very distracted very quickly. So I think that's a problem I have. Yeah. So I would like to kind of try and shut down and like yeah. read a book. I, I, think I feel you. I mean, I've never, I've reading books. I'm the guy that has like 20 books and I've read one chapter yeah. of each one. I am that guy that has a shelf of books <laughs> and has never read one. I, but I, will but tell I you, want you to think I'm smart. <laughs> exactly. I will tell you though, <laughs> I just got on the audiobook game this year and that's just like changed, changed the game. for All me. right. So yeah. So listen, I, I, you know, we did this really fun thing. I love that uh, those as well. And, um, I was with a couple of mates and we drove from Savannah to we drove from Savannah to New Orleans, from New Orleans to Austin, from Austin to Houston, all the way back to from Savannah. And we just listened to post podcasts, audio cassettes. And I'm better with that. Yeah. I think it just works for me better. I'm better at listening than I am at looking because you've got, you got my attention kind of thing. Yeah. You know? So I think, and there's no real difference really, is there? It's like, you're still, still you're consuming just, it. Yeah, yeah. You're just not looking at the words and under, yeah. Yeah, it. I mean, it's it's kind of find the way that works for you. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I I really I mean, being on your podcast for the second time is a lot of fun, and I love podcasts. So it's always been like, just doing this whole thing has been like one of those like fun things for me as a kid, where I was always like pretending I was interviewed in front of the mirror, <laughs> and I think like most people can relate to that. So yeah, it's kind of fun to be involved in it as well, like this. So. I think podcasts, I learn a lot from podcasts as well. Like I, Pharrell has a really fantastic podcast and I think um, I have a lot of respect for him just listening to the podcast because you just get to learn someone, right? You understand mm -hmm. more about them. And I really learned, we listened, I listened to so many of his podcasts on that trip and I just like that he's very honest with his beliefs and he doesn't, like if someone else has a theory or has a different a view to him, he won't agree he has his own, like he's a little Buddha. Yeah. And he's just like cool and he's just stuck. He's, he's stuck with his ways, you know? Yeah. So I respect him. I like yeah. Pharrell. I love, I love Pharrell. I mean, you talk about like somebody who's created brands across oh, yeah. the board. So it's, it's yeah. So Pharrell, if you're listening, I'd love to be on your podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, let's uh i was gonna have asked the one question that i always ask every guest which i asked you last time but yes you know perhaps your answer has evolved and uh, what does the phrase live inspiration mean to you Ooh, live inspiration i just had it. It, it live inspiration is just like live your life by things that inspire you not by things that inspire other people mm. so 
And that comes down to finding who you are, being comfortable. And I think it's just getting older. You just kind of become more comfortable with who you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. I get when I watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, why Curb Your Enthusiasm, why Larry David is the way he is. Yeah. I'm totally going to, I'm already transforming into that person where I just feel like, meh, you know, yeah. just like, and I think that's what it is. Just be comfortable with yourself. So in response, yeah, that's what it is. Absolutely. Love that. And where can people find you on the interwebs and see your the work? Interweb. So visual, visual. if you just follow me at J gold crown, I just, I post very regularly if I'm going to be doing something. And, um, if you're strongly into political views, so am I, and you're not going to agree with everything. I can't help it. I just get blackout moments and I just post, <laughs> but, um, yeah, you can follow find me on at J gold crown is really the best way. I'm not really on Twitter. It's probably safer. And I, um, bouncing around doing different things with different brands, exciting stuff. And yeah, that's where yeah. you find me in the name of Instagram. Yeah. That's the best place to see in the your name, work. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for coming on again. Thank so you, brother. Excited. Yeah. I want to thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Neon Radio with artist James Goldcrown. I am your host, Nick Onkin. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it if you could help us out by heading on over to the Apple Podcast app and leaving us a good review, a comment. It would totally help us get up in the ratings in iTunes, in the store. And if you care to share this on social media, you can link to it at neonradio.com slash EP136. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out and create your life by creating every small moment. We'll see you next time. Yeah.